No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the third Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord predicts His judgment on Jerusalem and Judah for their unfaithfulness. Men will refuse to lead, and children and women will rule over them. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 3 on Simply the Bible. God is a father, but as a father, there are times when he must step in to discipline his kids. And that was what was happening in Jerusalem and Judah. Now, God had given the law to Moses, but of course the people didn't obey the law. Then he raised up kings, King David, and then the descendants of David that would sit upon the throne there in Jerusalem. But some kings were good and followed the Lord and his word, and some did not. And when they did not, then God would raise up prophets to speak to the people. Now, the word of prophecy is often thought to be predictive, and many times it is. But it can also be the foretelling of the word of God and not merely the foretelling. And so God raised up Isaiah to speak forth his word to Jerusalem and Judah and to warn them of the things that were coming because of the hardening of their hearts. We continue in Isaiah chapter 3. For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, takes away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stock and the store, the whole supply of bread and the whole supply of water the mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the diviner and the elder, the captain of 50 and the honorable man, the counselor and the skillful artisan and the expert enchanter. God was about to take away all means of support, everything that they were relying upon because they had turned away from the Lord. They decided they weren't going to depend upon God and trust in Him with all their heart. And so all of the other things that they were leaning on, God was going to remove the pillars of support from them. Now, J. Vernon McGee said, let's face reality. Whether we like it or not, God does judge sin. Not only will He judge sin in the future, He has judged it in the past and he makes no apology for it. The way God often judges sin is to simply allow sin to take its course, for us to receive the consequences of our choices. And this is really what was going to happen. Now, God would begin his judgment by taking away the material goods and the leadership. And when God judges a nation, one of the means he uses is economic hardship. There are 13 famines mentioned in the word and every one of them involved God's judgment. And so he can take away our storehouses, our resources, and that's one of the ways that he will judge a nation. The nation's sin also resulted in the strong leadership being removed. The mighty man, the man of war, the judge, the prophet, the diviner or soothsayer, Now, normally, they wouldn't look to the diviner or soothsayer. They weren't supposed to. God told them not to do that. But 
where there is a vacuum of solid, good leadership, people turn to all kinds of things. The elder, the captain of 50, the honorable man, the counselor, the skillful artisan, even the expert enchanter, those skilled in magic arts, and those who claimed to consult with the dead would be removed and the people would have no one to turn to for support. I will give children to be their princes and babes shall rule over them. The people will be oppressed Everyone by another and everyone by his neighbor. The child will be insolent toward the elder and the base toward the honorable. This would be a complete reversal of the normal leadership structure. Imagine what it would be like for a child to be president of the United States. Now that would be bad enough, but we still have some checks and balances in our government, at least we're supposed to. So such a president would still have restrictions. But imagine a child monarch who could do anything, that he could give the order and a person would be put to death. He could oppress and destroy people on a whim. Judah would have several kings who were children, resulting in upheaval, anarchy, war, and ultimately Babylonian captivity. People would oppress their own neighbors for all law and order would disintegrate and children would have no respect for their elders. The crude and the uneducated would lambaste their dignities. They would speak evil of those in authority. Hmm, does that sound familiar at all? It's interesting that these things that are mentioned here are also signs of the last days on earth before Jesus Christ returns. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul said, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred, they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Now, doesn't this sound an awful like what we see every day in the evening news? Those who should be honored are despised and those who should be condemned for their evil practices are honored. This is how justice and righteousness in society unravels. Verse 6, When a man takes hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, You have clothing, you be our ruler, and let these ruins be under your power. In that day he will protest, saying, I cannot cure your ills, for in my house is neither food nor clothing. Do not make me ruler of the people. This would create such a leadership vacuum in the nation that people would try to make their own brothers rulers, but they would refuse. Those who should have been accepting the responsibility of leadership would be unwilling to do so. All these things would happen prior to the nation going into Babylonian captivity for their rebellion and idolatry. Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them, 
for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. Now, despite the judgment that was coming on Jerusalem and Judah, God would still keep a remnant of the righteous for himself. He always does. I deal with a lot of people that look around today and they are depressed, they're discouraged about the things going on in the world. They wonder how much worse can it get? What are we to do? What is the righteous to do? And of course, the psalmist wrote, when the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And they don't know what to do. And sometimes we don't know what to do. But the reality of it is God does have a way for us. And even in times of judgment with the righteous, it shall be well with them and they will eat the fruit of their doings. I think many times we underestimate the righteous remnant that is left. The prophet Elijah did that. He thought everyone had forsaken the Lord and that he was the only righteous prophet remaining. But God told him that, in fact, he had reserved 7,000 in Israel of those who had not bowed the knee to Baal. So we may not know who is the righteous remnant, but God does. And in the end, we will all reap what we sow. We will eat the fruit of our own doings, whether good or bad. That should be encouragement for us to do the right thing. The Apostle Paul wrote sobering words in Romans 2. Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. He shows no favoritism. Therefore, we should be sober-minded about these things and make sure that we are bringing forth the fruits of righteousness. Verse 12, As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, those who lead you cause you to err and destroy the way of your paths. God had promised to Judah that a descendant of David would not fail to sit on the throne, but now that divine ideal of kingship had been corrupted. The holder of the office, whether children or women, would be inadequate. This would be humiliating to Judah. But remember, the men were unwilling to step up to take positions of leadership. This could have also been the situation in their homes whether by weak men or by dominant and demanding women, the roles were reversed. But those leaders who should have led the people in the way of the Lord would in fact cause the people to err. Such is the result of the nation that goes astray and rejects the way of the Lord. It leads that nation to their own destruction.
verse 13. The Lord stands up to plead and stands to judge the people. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders of his people and his princes. For you have eaten up the vineyard. The plunder of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, says the Lord God of hosts. And so now the Lord would turn to those who were oppressing the poor. He brings them into the court of judgment. He enters into judgment with the elders and the princes. And he says, look, you have eaten up all of the resources yourself. You've even taken the plunder of the poor into your homes and you have despise them and you've crushed my people grinding their faces into the ground for all these things god would enter into judgment with his people and visit upon them their iniquities which would mean captivity for jerusalem and judah may god help us to be wise in these days in which we live and to choose to bring forth the fruits of righteousness so that it may go well with us we don't know what's going to become of our nation but may god help us by his grace to stand firm in these dark days you've been listening to simply the bible the Through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tomorrow, we'll see where Isaiah pronounces judgment against the haughty woman of Jerusalem. There will be devastation and captivity, but afterwards, renewal and refuge. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.